Welcome to the Coming Out of the Dark Bible Study with Pastor John. Tonight's study will be in the book of John. We invite you to join us at 514 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. everybody doing tonight all right well, i'm so glad i'm here i couldn't wait to get to church it's like you know i need to i need this more and more in my life 
um, as I, we draw closer to God. Let me show you. Let me just give you a little analogy how it works. Whenever you say no to a temptation and a sin in your life, it advances you into the kingdom one step further into your life, into a closer relationship with him. Intimately and family. When you say no to something and yes to God, it advances your spiritual life. It brings life to you every time you do. Now, when you fail, it brings us back. But God gives us the grace and mercy to get back up and get back on the course. But if you understand that every time you say no to a temptation, you're not only advancing your spiritual life, but the life of other believers too in the church. Because we're all part of the same body. That advances the whole Christendom life. You have to understand how important it is to say no to your flesh. And yes to his glory. It advances his kingdom. If you want to hear God's voice more and more, you have to say no and no more and more to the other voice. But if you don't say no to the other voice, you're not going to hear it clearly. You understand the other people and the prophets in the Old Testament were pure in God's eyes because they were going towards him and leading a life worthy of their call. So if you want to hear his voice clearer and clearer, you have to say no to the wrong voice and yes to his voice. And that advances. It's like a chess, like a, like a chess set. It goes further and further towards him. That's how you advance your spiritual life. Can I get an amen? Yeah. It doesn't happen by osmosis and just reading your Bible. You actually get to say no That's right. and say yes to him. It doesn't work. Look, if you live a sinful life, let me just give you a little newsflash. If you come to church, do the same thing over and over again, and go live your life the same way, you never experience the fulfillment of God's call on your life. Never. That's why you come to church and you're miserable, and you never know why he got you, and I don't know what my gift is. It's because you're not looking for it. When you're looking for your gift, you will find it. But you have to get rid of what you want and honor what he wants. Now, like Laurie said, like we... Not only do we want to build a church, we don't know what's going to happen here. You have to understand, we get really comfortable and think, that, oh, this is nice, we don't have to. But listen, if this shuts down, we cannot shut down. We have to find another place. That's why that box is back there, so we can have our own and not have to worry about ever that again. But people get comfortable and don't want to keep giving to build it. It's called the building fund. We're building our church. Amen? Other than that, we've got to go by their principles and their rules because they're, they're holding us they're hostage because whatever happens here, happens here. Like, if the internet's not working or the heat doesn't come on, we're, we're powerless. And you're cold, you have to bring another jacket. <laughs> what can I tell you? They're not going to budge and they're going to keep it at what they're going to keep it at. But if we have our own place, we don't have to worry about it. Bink, up it goes. Here's the button. It all depends on the people. And how much you this you really value this. Not only with your with your money, but with your time also, what you can do to advance the ministry or participate in building his kingdom. If you don't have any money, you should still be involved somehow with the ministry when you're not here. If you, if you don't have the money, what else can I do to support this? Can I get an amen for that? That's how you build his kingdom. It doesn't happen by osmosis, it happens by making good choices. By the grace of God, amen? Then that's why you see year after year people going nowhere in their Christian life because they're really not doing anything with it. Amen? amen. So let's move it forward. I'm excited about what's going on in this church. Amen. We're not going to be silent and shut down. We're going to advance his kingdom. It says forcefully advances. Amen. It goes against our sin nature. We have to fight against it. No, I'm not doing that. Jesus, I'm not taking Jesus into that mess again. He got me out of that mess, and I'm not going to bring him in it. That's what you think of. And my family at church say, well, I don't want to let them. I want to, I want to build. I don't want to destroy. Every time you fail, you take something away from God's church, not just yourself. It's a selfish thing, but it affects other people. When you think about the whole picture, say, I'm not going to do that for my brothers at church. I want to be an example for them. I want to be strong for them in case there's a need. And if I'm doing that, I can't, I can't help. Amen? That's what it's all about. It's not about you. It's about him. And when you think about it like that, say, oh, I'm not going there. My brothers count on me. My sisters, they love me. They need me. I'm going to make the right choice today, and I'm going to honor God with the life worthy of the call. That's what his grace and mercy is for, so we can overcome that and come into that kingdom with joy and fulfillment. 
Jesus said he died to give us a rich and satisfying life. If you're trying to get a rich and satisfying life in this world, then you never needed Jesus. Because there's people out there that look for their life rich and satisfying with material things. A Christian will never get that here. Because we're, we're in Christ. The only thing that gives us joy is getting in his, in his will. All right. I just had to put that in there because I'm excited about moving this forward. We can't move forward if we're going backwards. It's all about the people. We're part of the body. If the body is going backwards, the church can't go forward. So you have to think about the whole picture. Whenever you make a decision, you have to say, I'm part of the Wayne Ministries. Does this decision I'm going to make for me going to be okay for them? Is it going to be all right for God? Is what I'm going to do right now going to be honoring that ministry? And then you can say right away, all right, I'm not going to go there because I have to leave all that home and do that. And that's so simple. But we don't think of that when we want to do what we want. Amen? But when you want to do what God wants, it's a fight. I ain't going there today. You see how it works? All right. Let's go to um, Hebrews chapter 11. It's all about faith. Jesus says, if you really believe it, with no doubt in your heart, you can move a mountain. So let me tell you something. If you really believe that he can deliver you from something, with no doubts in your heart, you will be delivered. But if there's doubts in your heart, he can't help you. It's all unbelief that keeps us out of being successful here. That's all it is. Oh, remember he said to the other guy, he said, I want to believe, Lord, help me overcome my unbelief. If you have an unbelief in your heart, say, Lord, please help me overcome it. Show me what I need to do to overcome that unbelief. Reveal yourself to me. And he will. Amen. And he'll also reveal you, which is the problem to begin with. And you say, oh, now I know why. <laughs> I was always banking on, oh, it was him, it was that, it was the, this, and it was that. He said, no, I was waiting for you to get right. Amen. If you're waiting for things out there to get right, you're never going to have a relationship with God. Never. If you have to get all your affairs in order first, it ain't never going to happen. Put him first and everything else will fall into place. That's the truth. It will. It has. I gave my life to this ministry how many years ago? It doesn't matter. Every day is an advancement to move this forward. Come hell or high water, temptation through the darkness, through all the crazy stuff that goes on in my life, has nothing to do with advancing his kingdom. Say, no, follow me. And that's what we got to do here. Follow him. Do we want this to grow? Do we want our own place? Do you really think it's going to just go like this? Poof, we'll get our own building? It costs money. If you value the, the principles of the Bible in your spiritual life, you have no problem giving money. Because money means nothing to you in the eternal value of the God's kingdom. Amen. If you're hoarding your money, then you're saying, God's saying, do you really want to advance my kingdom or yours? Because when you hold on to your money, you're trying to advance your kingdom. When you give your money, you're advancing his. Amen. Amen. Not only do I give him all my money, I give him all my time and all of me. I said, here, take it, Lord. Because there's nothing here. There's, not, nothing, I, there's nothing in this world that can satisfy me. It's insatiable. The only thing that satisfies me is him being in his will. Knowing that I actually have a purpose now. Every time I wake up in the morning, your will be done, Lord. And boy, be careful when you say that because his will is not going to be yours. It's not some warm, fuzzy will. Oh, my day's going to go beautiful today. Believe me, you're going to get into a battle now. And say, I'm going to glory in that battle. The victory in Jesus. And then when you get the victory, you advance the kingdom. People see who? Jesus. Which is what the world needs to see right now. Alright, look at verse 10. Abraham was... Hebrews 11... Verse 10, Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations. You see what he was? He wasn't banking on what was going on here. He was looking for something eternal. That's what gave him the capacity to do God's will. Knowing that down here he was going to have to suffer and struggle to get there. But he didn't care. He was looking forward to a city with eternal foundations. A city designed and built by God. 
It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And guess what? He did. But guess what? It wasn't in their timing. Here's the problem with Christians. Oh God, I've been waiting for a long time. You know how old they were? She was 99 years old when the promise came. Oh, time's running out. She said, no, let's go have, let's go get the, the other, let's get, let's help God out a little bit. Let's get this rolling. And what did they do? They made a mess, right? They had Ishmael out of, out of God's will, and that set them back even further. And of course, just imagine the turmoil in that house. From that act of, from that act of disobedience. Just think about that. Don't think that Abraham got away scot-free with that choice. Just like, don't think you're going to get away scot-free with your choices here because you're going to heaven. You're going to suffer down here for them choices you make. That's a fact. <laughs> you don't pay the penalty for your sin to get in heaven. You pay the penalty for your sin here. Because it affects you and everybody else. That's why God hates it so much. It hurts his children. All right, now look what it says. And so, listen to this. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people, like the stars in the sky and the sands on the seashore, there is no way to count them. Now listen to this one. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They didn't receive it. They didn't see. They didn't receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that there were foreigners and nomads here on the earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have went back to it. But they were looking for a better place. See, a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them, and he's preparing a city for us. They didn't even receive the promise. Here we are. Come on, God, let's go. You promised me a better life. Let me tell you something. You already have a better life. You just don't see it. You have a better life because he saved you. Heaven is your home guarantee. What better life can there be? than to know what your eternal destiny is. But the human heart wants more. That's not enough. We get selfish and greedy. I need more from God. I want a better life down here too. And if you're not going to give it to me, I'm going to go get it myself. And when you go for that, he says, go ahead. The one thing God doesn't say is, no, I'm not going to let you do that. He's going to say, didn't you come to me to get out of that? And you want to go back to Egypt again? Go ahead. Don't you wish he would say, no, roadblock. No, I'm not letting you go. You wish he would, but we think that somehow it was easier back then when we start walking this walk and it starts to get a little harder. We think that it was easier going back to the world again. So we start to mingle and start to, start to romance it again, thinking, oh, you know, if I could just get a little relief, a little relief, a little relief, and then all of a sudden the devil comes and traps you again. And that just what? Brings you back. And then you gotta what? Start all over again. I said, oh my goodness, it took so long to get here. Now I gotta start all over again. So next time you wanna make a choice that's not that good, just think about having to start all that again. And then you say, I'm not. Play the whole thing out. Whenever you're thinking about doing something that's not God's will or something that's off, say, first of all, can I take Jesus with me? And if you can't, you already know it's not God's will. And then you have to say, okay, let's play this all out now. I really want to feel better today. So I'm going to do this, but I want to play out the whole thing. The end of it all. At the end of the run. What, is it, what does it leave me? Empty and broken. So guess what? I'm not going to go to the finish. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to start it so I don't have to finish like that. That's what I do. That's how I overcome it. I play the whole thing out. So I might be able to help you when you're thinking of satisfying your flesh. You can say, let me just play the whole thing out. Let me see what it's going to affect now. Is it going to affect my brothers and my sisters in church by me what hiding what I'm going to do and not being a real Christian like the rest of the world is doing? Or am I going to what? 
not do it so I can come up with my head up high and say, yeah, brothers, I'm in the light. And we're going to talk about that tonight in our passages in John 3. Okay. Everybody good? Okay. Look, do you believe Jesus is, your, is the Son of God? Yes. He died for your sin and rose again? Well, if you believe that, something's going to happen to you. You're not going to be able to not do this. As painful it gets, something's going to drive you back to God's church. Amen. If he's not, if you're not getting driven back to God's church, you never believed it in the first place because you can't leave the body. Amen. There's no way you can leave it. Amen. If you leave, if you left it, you never believed it. That's just the way it is. Don't deceive yourself, because when you're called by God and the Holy Spirit comes in you, He makes sure you're back here. Amen. He never lets go of you, yeah. and your conviction brings you back. Yeah. It brings you back. Amen. Thank you. And if you don't come back, the Bible says you never belonged in the first place. Take that up with God, not with me. I'm going to stay. Because I don't want to have to what? Not be on the fence with it. Say, oh, I'm not sure. If I stay here, then I don't have to worry about it. If I'm going to make it back. Because I don't know about you. Once I run with the devil, it's hard. I don't know. I, I, I know I can't make it back. Once I open the door for his kingdom... He's going to shut it on me. I ain't going to make it out. I already know. So God says, John, don't go there. I took you out of that. I gave you a new life. Don't go back to it. And that's just what I do. That's just what I say. I ain't going back. Right? I decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Every time I want to, the Holy Spirit says, no, John, get over here. People counting on you. See, my, this the first thing that comes to my mind that other people are counting on me because me as self-destructive by nature or I wouldn't have gotten to the problems I did if I cared enough about me but I care enough about God and what he did for me and his family to not do it. That's what keeps me from doing it. Not me, I'll just keep doing it. I'm a self-destructing person. We do things even though we know it's bad and it's killing us. But when it's for somebody else you say, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go do that sexual thing that I'm thinking of. I'm not going to go do that material thing that I was thinking of. I'm not going to go get out of my mind and get high to forget about everything. It's all the things that nobody wants to talk about. The lust and the sexual desires that the devil tempts us with when we're not here. They pulls us back from the kingdom. Believe me, when you get the victory from that, it advances it. So when you come sit in church, you're not feeling remorse and shame. You're feeling bright and lively. Because you overcame and you got a victory. Can I get an amen and an amen and an amen? So let's get some victories. Think about it. Listen, wherever you go, you're going with Jesus. So have a healthy fear of God, will you? Next time you go to do something that's selfish, think about Jesus. And how selfless he was towards you and was willing to die for you. The next time you go think of doing something for yourself. And that's what helps me. A healthy fear of God is good for a believer, trust me. And good conviction. And you know, you come to this church, you're going to get convicted because I want to teach you the truth. And if you want to leave, that's on you. Now you've got a problem with God, not me. Because everything I say is from the Bible. And we don't take it out of context here. Alright, so we're in John chapter 3. We're going to go to verse 14. As we know that the, Jesus said you must be born again. We went to that, right? You don't know where it comes from. Something just happens. All of a sudden you have a desire for God. Things start to change in your life. And it's like you know it's a fight. But you're in a, you have a new, a new goal now. It's like I want to be like Jesus. And I don't know why. Instead of I want to be like the devil. And I don't see it. See when you're under the control of the evil one. You can't recognize it. You just think you're going with the world system. And what everything they're doing. But the world system is controlled by Satan. We never knew it. I never knew it. I thought I was just doing what everybody else does. Remember? Mm -hmm. Now it's like, now you look back and see what people are doing, saying, don't judge them because you used to do it too. So you say, oh, wow, I didn't see it. Hopefully I can help open their eyes so they can see what I found. Amen. That's what it's about, letting them see what you found. Amen. Not keeping it all to yourself. Nobody lights a lamp and puts it under the table, right? They put it on top of the table for all to see. But if you're living a sinful, wicked life, nobody can see it because you're hiding. Can I get an amen? All right. 
You know nobody's glorifying God when you're living in sin. And people can see right through it. Okay, look at verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. Or everyone who believes will have eternal life in Him. Now let me just explain. Does anybody remember what the bronze snake was? Let me explain it. When the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness, remember? God sent a plague of snakes. Remember? To punish the people for their rebellious attitudes. Those doomed to die from the snake bite could be healed by obeying God's command to look up at the elevated bronze snake and by believing that God would heal them if they did. Do you remember that? That was in Numbers 21 verses 8 and 9. Okay? Similarly, our salvation happens when we look up to Jesus. Okay? We to believe in He will save us. God has provided this way for us to be healed of sin's deadly bite. If Jesus died to let you keep sinning, why would they use that scripture? Sin is deadly. He, he saved us to come up out of it. It's deadly. It's like a snake bite. When we look up to Him, He heals us from that. And when you go back to sin, it says in 1 Peter that you've forgotten, that you've been cleansed of that sin. That's why you return to it, because you've forgotten that he delivered you from it. One thing we never do, don't blame your choices on anything else. Go look in the mirror and say, I made the choice. Don't blame it on the world, politics, governors, presidents, any reason, say, I made the choice. The devil will tempt you, and Jesus will give you a way out, but you have to make the choice. Can I get an amen for that? Okay. Now, look at verse 16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. See it? But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And now, and the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light. For their actions were evil. Now, there's a dual application to these scriptures. For Christians and non-Christians. Okay? Look what it says. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for their sins will be exposed. You see it? But those who do what is right come to the light so that others can see that they are doing what God wants. Or can see God at work in what he is doing. Can I get an amen? amen? People often try to protect themselves from their fears by putting their faith in something they do not have. Good deeds, do or, not, do or have. Good deeds, skill, or intelligence, money, or possessions. Right? But only God can save us from the one thing that we really need to fear. Eternal condemnation. Okay? We believe in God by recognizing the insufficiency of our own efforts to find salvation and by asking Him to do His work in us. When Jesus talks about unbelievers, He means those who reject or ignore Him completely, not those who have momentary doubts. Amen? Amen. Many people don't want their lives exposed to God's light because they're afraid of what will be revealed. Even Christians. Believe me, when a Christian's living a deadly sinful life, most of the time you won't see them coming to church. Can I get an amen for that? Many people don't want God's light because they're afraid of what we reveal. They don't want to be changed. 
Don't be surprised when these same people are threatened by your desire to obey God and do what is right because they're afraid that the light in you may expose some of the darkness in their lives. Rather than giving into discouragement, keep praying that they will come to see how much better it is to live in light than in darkness. Amen? And we're not just talking about unbelievers, we're talking about churches. Churches that live in sinful pleasure in darkness and say they have light. The synagogues of Satan. Don't be misled. If there's churches that do not judge sins inside the church, that's because the devil is in the church. And you're glorifying the devil, not God. And that's why you see the multitudes coming. Don't worry about it. You're going to heaven. Live a great life down here. Sin it up. Don't worry. Heaven is your home. And they live in darkness. And they live a lie. We don't live a lie here. We want to overcome our sins. That's why Jesus died. And that's why he gave us a church body to heal from sin. Not to stay in it. Most churches, you know why they don't get into this? Because they don't want the numbers to drop. But we're not interested in the numbers. God wants quality people. Amen. Not quantity people. Amen. And guess what? We're building a quality ministry here. Have you noticed how slowly this ministry gets built? <laughs> and guess what God does? He weeds out the people that want to live sinful lives by hearing a message of changing. And then they eventually leave because they don't want to change. Then they'll go find the church that accepts that. But the ones who do, keep coming. And they say, you know what? As, as much as that hurts, this is what I need. And the Holy Spirit keeps you coming. I want to overcome my sin, Lord. Please, help me and my brethren to get like you. Amen? It's so, it's so much better to live in His will. Just think about living a sinful life and sitting in church all the time. You know what it feels like. Oof. What's that? You feel ugly. You know you're sitting there living a sinful life just thinking of yourself and you just don't, you don't see God. God ain't there. He's not going to do the same. Remember me? Remember what I told you to do? Don't do that today. Oh, I'm going to do it anyway, Lord, because I'm saved. You saying, is that what you think? You thought wrong. Because when you're saved, you won't do it. You're saved from who? Yourself. The penalty and the power of sin. You start to get delivered from the power of sin in your life. The penalty's already been dealt with when you believed in him. But now the power of sin is getting dealt with while you come to church and learn his ways and get your mind renewed so you don't live in your sinful ways anymore. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. To out come up out of the darkness. Don't you love when you do the right thing? No, really. Doesn't it feel so great when, when you don't do it? You wish it happened more, right? And it will. It will. Just stay faithful to God. He will show you. He knows your heart. He knows your heart. He sees all through the stuff that we went through and all the wickedness and sins that we went through. He sees to the core that we really want to come up out of it. And he's doing it. He's changing us. Give him a chance, okay? Don't, don't get in the way like uh, Abraham and Sarah did. Get in the way of him fulfilling his promise in you stay out of the way and he will it'll only set you back amen okay let's keep going are you with me so far here this has been a great night already now it says in verse 21 but those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what god wants or can see god at work and what he is doing in them john the baptist exalts jesus now here's so many principles here, but we, you know we just we gotta we gotta go through this. Then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and went to the Judean countryside. Jesus spent some time with them there, baptizing people. At this time, John the Baptist was baptizing at Anon near Salim, because there was plenty of water there, and people kept coming to him for baptism. This was before John was thrown in prison. A debate broke out between John's disciples and a certain Jew. Some manuscripts read some Jews over ceremonial cleansing. So John's disciples came to him and said, Rabbi, 
The man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identified as the Messiah, is also baptizing people and everybody is going to him <laughs> instead of coming to us. Man, I got him to Jesus. Why ain't they following me now? Listen, your job is to get him to Jesus and let him take over, right? Get out of the way. They don't want You don't want to mold him and shape him into your image. Give him over to Jesus. Get him to the word of God. Not your opinions and your thoughts of the word of God. Let them find out for themselves what God's all about. Not what you think he's all about. Because he works differently in everyone's life. What might be working in your life might not work the same way in someone else's. So you leave that to the Holy Spirit's decision. Oh, you should go to this church or listen to this one or do that. No, get him to the word of God. Don't get him to people. Get him to the Bible. Don't say, oh, you should listen to this guy or listen to that guy. No, you should open your Bible and get one you can understand. One that you can see and read and see and understand it. And then the Holy Spirit will work in them and say, oh, and the light will come on. Can I get an amen for that? Don't try to bring people to your thoughts and opinions of where they should go. Let them go to the Word of God and let them make the decision where they can go. And then they can ask you, hey, where do you go? The one about that. Then you tell them. But you don't have to tell them where to go. Let them find out. Let them ask you where they should go. Let them read the Word of God. Get them to the Daily Walk Bible. That's why we boost it. That's why we put it on the top. So people can open the Bible and read it. And then let God speak to them. Please, don't lead people to your agenda. This is the way to go. This is the right church. This is that. Leave them to, let them make their own decision. Bring them to the word of God. Please. Too many times people get in the way of letting people making decisions and then they don't make one. Because you're in the way of it. And this is, John's going to explain. He's going to tell them why. Are you with me so far now? Yes. This is so many principles here. Now look what it says. And everybody is going to him. John replied, No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. So no one can open their eyes unless God does it. And the only way they're going to do it, where's God? God is revealed in the word of God. God is not you. Okay, you're not God. This is where you bring them to the words of God. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. Okay, let's do it right in this ministry, okay? Okay, now look what it says. Unless God has given it, look at verse 28. You yourselves know plainly, I told you, I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. And it's the bridegroom who marries the bride, and the bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. This is like, you get somebody to come, you just stand on the side and say, I'm part of that. But you're not it. He's it. You're part of it. This is it. Don't exalt yourself over Jesus. Which a lot of people do with their intellectualism instead of with a childlike faith coming to the foot of the cross admitting that I can't make it. I'm a sinner. Amen? amen. Alright. That's a good one. Now look what it says. The bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. See what it says? He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. You see it? First, you, people see Jesus, right? They see it in you. Then you bring him to Jesus, right? And then you get out of the way. You become less and less. And let him get and take the place. You're the tangible evidence of Christ. But then you get out of the way and let them see him. Amen? But if they're not seeing Jesus in you, they're not coming to church, by the way. So don't even bother unless you're living a life worthy of your call. And this is what's wrong with Christians. They, 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 they try to take the log out of people, uh, uh, the speck out of someone's eye when they still got logs in theirs. The blind leading the blind like the Pharisees. 
Instead of them learning about God, learning to become like Him, and then going out on the mission field? No, they skip the middle. They, 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 they skip the discipleship part, and then go out and try to save the world when they're a mess. First, we have to get healed. Amen? Thank you. And that's why he said, he must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He has come from above and is greater than anyone else. We are of earth, and we speak of earthly things. But he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. Thank you, Jesus. He testifies about what he has seen and heard, but how few believe what he tells them. Anyone who accepts his testimony can affirm that God is true. For he, sent, he is sent by God. He speaks God's words. Listen to this. For God gives him the spirit. Listen now. But there's something attached to that. Without limit. We have limits. He has the spirit without limit. See, Jesus is the whole picture. We don't have the whole picture. Our spirit is limited. He is, he has no limits. You see it? He's got the words, gives him the spirit without limits. The father loves his son and has put everything into his hands. And anyone who believes in God's son has eternal life. What do you mean has? That means you have it. You have that life right now. People don't understand. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to experience it. You have it right now. Who wants it? That's why you came to him, right? You want it right now? Why don't you have? Why aren't you, why don't you, why aren't you using it? Ask, don't answer that. Because think about it. Why, why am I not? Why do I feel like I'm not in heaven yet? Because you're not doing the things he asked you to do. Very simple. God told me not to do that and I'm still doing it. I'm still complaining. I'm still arguing. I'm still trying to prove my point. I'm still jealous. I'm still full of lust. I'm still full of lies. How do you expect it? How do you expect to have joy when you're living that way? You can't. There's no joy in sin. I don't care how many times you come to church and read the Bible. There's never any joy in it. It's momentary pleasure. But joy in the Lord is our strength. Overcoming that sin nature. And living a life worthy of the call. Then you experience heaven now. That's why such Christians lack that. Because they miss that part. i got to get rid of my sin nature. That's the problem. And whatever I got to do to do that, I'm going to do. And we provide awesome opportunity here to do it. We got the Monday group so you can deal with your sin nature and find out what it is. And then we can show you. And we show you, God, how you can get rid of your nature and adapt his nature. The, the, the steps show you who you are, and the Bible shows you who he is. He says, you get rid of you, and I'm going to show you me. But first, you got to get rid of you. And you're not willing to do that and face the facts of the fears of the past and all the things that hold you in bondage. When you're ready to do that, then you get set free. Praise God. We offer that here. But we don't force anybody to do it. You say, you want to come? Here it is. The door's open. I'll tell you what. I can't live without it. This is all connected. Can I get an amen for that? Now look what it says. The father loves his son and has put everything into his hands. And anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son, listen to now, listen, this is so simple. Listen how simple, highlight this. Anyone who does not obey the Son will never what? Experience eternal life. You already have it, but you won't experience it until you obey Him. Can I get an amen? You can't live disobedient and, and senses and experience eternal life. Because you're living in the dead sin of Adam. People don't understand that. Listen, who doesn't obey what the word of God says, you won't experience eternal life, no how many times you come, but remains under God's angry judgment. What do you mean? The judgment is what? He's got his hand on you because you're living a life unworthy. You're not living the right way where Jesus died. So you're feeling the, the weight of your sins down here. You're not going to get judged for them up here. You get judged for them down here. And you sit with the heaviness of the burdens of your sins. And you don't experience the free life. That's what he's talking about. 
You experience it when you do it his way, not yours. There's something attached to it. People don't understand. I'm going to sit in church. Oh, I feel Jesus all the time. And you're living like the devil. And saying, I don't really feel. I'm lying. I feel gloomy. I don't feel free. Because you're not. You're still in bondage to your sins because you're living by the dictates. I'm trying to help you. So you actually see something. Who wants to experience eternal life now? You want to wait till you get to heaven? You might be here 20 or 30 more years in misery to wait to get it. I know I want it now. I want everything he died to give me now, don't you? You want to be selfish? Go for that. Why wait to get to heaven? Why wait to get to heaven to experience? I want that now. I want to get up in the morning with a life, with life in me, saying, you know what? I'm not going to be jealous. I'm not going to be envious. I'm not going to be lustful. I'm going to what? Show the fruits of my spirit. Love, kindness, joy, peace. I'm going to choose that way today. And if I don't choose it, it won't happen. You think it comes by osmosis? It's a choice. Wake up. You have to make the choice to do it. It doesn't just happen. I'm going to make a choice today to live God's way and get out of my selfish ways. Thinking about me and my money and everything I got here on earth and all these things I got to gain down here first. And then I'll go seek God. He said, no, you got it backwards. He's saying, those are all the things that are keeping you from me. When you let go of them, then you'll have me. And you'll experience me. Amen? All right, we're going to have to stop there. We're out of time. But there's more coming. Stay tuned for the next episode of Becoming Like Jesus. We're already going to heaven. Now we've got to become like him. Amen. All right, so Brittany, Jasmine, and Deb are going to come up and close us. Amen? And sing. Let's stand and worship the Lord and close.
prayer tonight. Deb's going to close in prayer. Our heads, please, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for everything that you gave to us tonight through, through Pastor John. Thank you, Lord. He preaches with your spirit, Lord, to reach all of us, to, to help us, to guide us yes, in the direction that you want us to go, and not to be selfish and greedy, and yes. be more like, like your son, Jesus. And Lord, I'm just so grateful that we still have a place to come to and worship, yes. and yes, I Lord. believe I totally believe that we'll always have a place to go. Amen. You are our God and you want us, Lord. We're your children. You're not going to leave us abandoned. Amen. Lord, and I have faith in you, Lord. We all yes, have Lord. faith in you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we're here to, to lift each other up and encourage each other yes, so that we don't get off on the wayside and, and fall back into our sins. Yes, Lord. We don't want to see that, Lord, and we don't want to go there. I'm just Amen. so, so grateful for this yes. ministry, Lord, and everyone in it. And I pray for traveling mercies on the way home tonight and look forward to our next meeting. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks. All right, Deb. Thank you. Have a great night, everyone. Till we meet again. God bless. Peace.